Hatchcast 68. Whisper in your lover's ear. Text the Soundhawk at 303-548-6877. Welcome. Why don't you finish eating your oatmeal? Jeez. Pro move. I thought that the song was going to go a little bit longer. No, it's just a quick song. Let's start over. <laughs> nope. Natchcast, 68. Whisper in your lover's ear, 303 at Real Match, Natch.is, hi at Natch.is. So many ways to reach out. Another way to connect with us, head to your local library or to your local independent bookstore or maybe go on pals.com. We put the link, actually, to this book on pals.com. Nah, I took that out. Why? Nobody's yeah. going to buy it. It's fine. They can find the book, however That's they fucked want. fucked up, man. Send pals a little business. The Taste of Country Cooking, Edna pals. Lewis. How about the tattered cover? Uh, that's what I said, independent bookstore. Yeah, local. you want to put the Powell's link on there? Who are you? Keep it local, my friend. Oh, Keep I it see. small and local. I was keeping it OG. Yeah, but not, that wasn't Powell's OG legacy, man. So I got I my... See. Wait, they've been around a long time. Tattered cover is... Uh, I think Pals might, might be a little older. Let's dig in on that one. Open up Podcast 68 with that kind of crap. Go ahead. My uh, brother and sister-in-law got me this book for my birthday. Uh, they actually were very clever. They Introducing gave me this- the Summertime Natchcast Book Club. All are welcome. I think we kind of already did that. Anyway, they gave me a lot of really cool presents that had significance to the year 1976 in which I was born. Oh, I didn't get that. And that's when this book was published. But they gave me like Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I think Flamin' Hot Cheetos were maybe invented. No. No, something happened in 1976, though. There was a domino effect that led to Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Yeah, well, that's... I can go get that. I think I still have that one if you want to. That's weak. This cookbook's good, though. This cookbook's amazing. You're an old man. Yeah, I'm 40. You're old. Edna Lewis. Oh, watch your levels there. April 13, 1916, born. February 13, 2006, died. Was an African-American chef and author best known for her books on traditional Southern cuisine. What are you reading from? I don't know. That's probably Wikipedia. It's just sterile a, bullshit. I'm just telling people who we're talking here, about, man. Here, let it's me, let me the tell you. It's called the setup. Here's the setup. I grew up in Freetown, Virginia, a community of farming people. It wasn't really a town. The name was this adopted. This is her, right? You're just interrupting. Oh, obviously, it's her. You know I didn't grow up on a fucking farm. The name was adopted because the first residents had all been freed from chattel slavery, and they wanted to be known as a town of free people. My grandfather had been one of the first. His family, along with two others, were granted land by a plantation owner, Claiborne R. Mason Jr., for whom one of them had served as a coachman. The property was situated just behind Lahore, a village consisting of only one post office and a general store built around 1840. It still stands today, looking very much the same as it did then. This book is about life on a farming community, Mark, and what that means. What do you think? You're awfully fucking silent. I'm just watching you work. That's amazing. Well, it's better than your Wikipedia you bullshit. Digest, the way you digested that. Well, the wow. way you digested a Wikipedia entry, Mark, was also stunning. I'm just digesting my overnight oatmeal. <clears throat> yeah, it tastes like fucking dirty socks. No, it's got Mr. Furley in there, sourdough starter. Good, nice tang. If, we, if you want to jump right in and not really talk about the amazing history of I this I want to talk about Edna first, and then I want to talk about the book. 
Because I read the entire first chapter. It's like 50 pages. Heck of a chapter. A lot of it's recipes. Did you read the entire chapter? Very nearly. Unbelievable. What? I'll keep reading it. It's, a, I it's bet, only you know a what? book club if everybody's clubs. Dude, I read the book. Okay. Edna Lewis has had a... Res- she, she, well, a few years back, I think. Sort of resurgence in... Among the food elites, like, wow, this well, yeah. woman was dialed in. She who, knew Who it. wrote the foreword to this book, Mark? Alice Waters. Yeah. I have that. Are you Here, let me read to you from a New York Times article written by Francis Lamb. Okay. Link, yeah. link in the show notes. Why give me your own Sign thoughts. up for the newsletter. Today, her name is... I'm just introducing her to our... This is how you start a book club. Have you ever been in a book club? Yeah. Who, you and uh, Carney? No, I was in junior great books when I was a kid. It was like a shared book club. It was oh. kids and adults reading books and sharing insights. And you've been continuing that tradition at uh, your your kids' school, right? Yeah. Yeah, good for you, I'm man. A fucking hero, Mark. You are a hero. Today, her name is revered among food world cognoscenti. Is that how you would say that? I wouldn't say that. I'd find a way around it. But less well-known than your average Food Network star. Isn't that the truth? That's just... We could just stop there and rant for an hour on... Modern America, and yet she's no ch- guy Fieri. <laughs> Fieri, Fieri, Pontiac Fiero. Do you remember those cars? I bet that's what Guy Fieri should drive is a Pontiac Fiero. And yet her championing of Southern food and cooking it close to the land is more relevant than ever. Quote: We weren't ready for her then. One of her acolytes, Alice Waters, says, "Now we are. Mm. Now we are." You done messing around with stuff? Lewis took the story of rural black people, formerly enslaved black people, and owned it as a story of confidence and beauty. Mm -hmm. She didn't have an easy life, even in her Freetown years, which Josh has introduced to us as if he was there. Yep. Her family suffered through two stillborn children and two more who died young of pneumonia, but she chose to see and to show us beauty. And under the shadow of oppression and slavery, that is a political act. There is this... We can get into it when we're really talking about the book. Okay. Whether it's a political book or not. What do you, what do you think, Josh? <laughs> I think it is kind of a political book. By design or by... Uh, by existence. By existence. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's painting a different picture of a, of a way you can live. How's this book club you're, going so far? Where you're more in harmony with nature, and mm-hmm. especially with your food sources. That's what this book made me feel the most, is that... There's, there's a lack of harmony in yeah. modern life. There's no, it's hard to find moments of harmony. We have a moment of harmony here. That's why we crave the podcast, oh, Mark. It's harmony. It. I crave it. It's a little a day of harmony for us. Yeah, it's but true. But her days... Very thoughtful. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not uh, just reading New York Times articles. I'm having an opinion of my own, Mark. I got some opinions. Yeah, I bet you do. But... Uh, there's something very idyllic about this book. It's very idyllic. She, she talks about how hard farm life was, but in a very... Uh, is rueful? No, that's the wrong word. Rueful? <laughs> Roofy. That's the word I was looking for. Wistful. <laughs> I don't know. It's like... Uh, there's something very beautiful about it. Well, there is. That's, that's my only complaint as well. Is it's like, was it really this good? I think it was. I don't know if it was. I think it was really hard. But... But that's satisfying. not to say that's that we haven't lost many valuable things in the abandonment of this way of yeah. living. Clearly, life right now is hard. People are getting cancer and having heart attacks and dying of stress. So I'm looking at him. I was talking to you. 
No, I mean, life right now is very hard, too. Can it's, I have a new nickname? Can I be called the Phantom Asthmatic? The Phantom Asthmatic? <laughs> That's the sound cue. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm it's kind fine. of a Walking Dead feel <laughs> to the show. So it's very idyllic. There's lots of descriptions of country life, of living close to the land, of farming and eating the spoils almost immediately. That's right. There's a great story. She talks about they really only get fish once a year, and that's in the spring, which that's is the, the first shad. chapter of this book. Yeah, the, the shad. shad. The shad come up out of the ocean waters and into some of the rivers and lakes, I guess, and then they catch the shad, and they're so excited by the arrival of shad that they can't wait to eat it for dinner. So they cook it for breakfast. They bread it in cornmeal, and they cook it in fucking lard and ham hock type stuff. Real lard. Homemade lard. Yeah. Rendered it at the... Don't know where to go with that sentence. It's wonderful. In um, the pot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have their lard. They have everything. In the lard house, out behind the outhouse. I don't know. See, I think the best way to give people Southern a taste... Southern foodways, is to, man. Just I to mean, offer up a reading here. Southern foodways. Think about it. It's always... I, that's another That's another political act of this book. I read somewhere, maybe it was in this uh, Francis Lamb article, that like all the James Beard Award nominees for the past blank years, like 90% of them are Southern. Mm-hmm. And all of the winners are Southern. And there's this argument that Southern cuisine is actually our national cuisine. It's the only one, the only thing in the country that's got like the gravitas to pull that off. Yeah. Because Ed and Lewis. Ooh. See, that's why, that's why you think you're always quiet because you can't handle a hot mic. I get excited. Each I season go, I go from here. had a particular interesting feature, but spring held something special. After the long spell of winter, we welcomed the first warm day of February, heralding the coming of spring. A mother hen would surprise us with a healthy brood of baby chickens that she had hatched in the hayloft and somehow gotten down to the ground. They would be chirping and pecking in the snowy slush of the barnyard. Later, we would pick them up and carry them and the mother into the kitchen and place them in a wooden box behind the cook stove, which served as a nursery for early hatched chickens, baby calves, pigs, and lambs that were too weak and unaggressive to compete for food. So I'm not a student of the backyard chicken scene, Mm -mm. but you know who's got little baby chicks in his house, in his sort of bathtub bedroom? Uh, 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 Shit. Bathroom off the family room type deal. (laughs) What was it? Charge Kingsbury. Oh, I was thinking of Custer Mathersby. Or Up there, What yeah. was the name? Custer Mathersby. Custard Walker. What? Mundy. Oh, Cash Mundy. Cash Mundy. Shout out Cash Mundy. Thanks for opening the newsletter, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't remember your name. Uh, I'm all about Southern foodways. I can tell. I spent my summers in... Well, you're a peacock. South Central Georgia. You know who was... Yeah, but when I pressed you, when you went to Georgia just recently, I was pressing you like, what kind of... What, what are some of the... What's the this cuisine like? What you are you reading? reading you were like, uh, reading what it felt like. I'm not sure it feels that like that That is not how anymore. you described it when you uh, got back. You're well, like, this yeah, is there was a lot of meat and styrofoam and natural light. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> basically your, your Georgia <laughs> cuisine report. takeaway. That's what you told me. I kept pressing you for like... Meat, styrofoam, and natural light. There was a lot of meat out of styrofoam and natural light. That was your report on on this southern cuisine that you have a claimed affinity for. Our national cuisine is meat from styrofoam. What's the natural light? That's a beer. Isn't that what everyone is drinking? Oh, the beer. I thought you meant like actually natural light. No, not plein air painting. I would go with natty light. Natty light. Look, I don't. So, Southern foodways aren't what they once were. Yeah. 
you lo- you long to have a connection with true Southern foodways. As I think I think that's what you meant to say. So many important points to be made for this book club. One, Edna's close confidant. I think her caretaker in her later years, mm-hmm. a gentleman named Scott Peacock. My Another brother, peacock. My brother. He's not your brother. No, he's not. But he's a fellow peacock. Peacock pride. When Proud you're, of the peacock. If you and Scott Peacock were in a room together, would your would both your tails quiver? Would there be like some sort of like hackles an on unconscious a dog. need to, to uh, Just a compete? Yeah. Like I sense another peacock. He's not going to out-peacock me. <laughs> Peacocks don't do that. That's a chicken. Uh, so there's that. There mm. is this... I guess it's because there's a history. Just you can't fake that and you can't deny it. There's a history to that culture and cuisine, even if it's gone astray, that that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. anywhere else in the country. Anywhere else. When a lot of it's rooted in... uh, Talking to you, Texas barbecue. Slaves being given the less desirable cuts of meat, the so-called less desirable cuts of meat, and then turning it into Southern history from... Littleton's own Josh Tyson. I'm not allowed to know about that, dickhead? Nope. Because that's what happened. That but is what happened. I have a couple... Oh, because you're a Southern man? You can tell me that I that's what happened? I'm a Southern man. Both, both sides of my family. I'm not, though. Well, I don't know what I am. You don't seem very Southern, my friend. How dare you? you have How a, dare you? You have a Northerner's uh, oh. burden of anxiety, man. Oh, I do have that. You're not, you're not slow, laid back. I Used well, you are slow, oh, man. Yeah, you man. are you're slow, but you're not laid back. You got the worst. Of both. <laughs> I've I'm got a nice slow, drawl. But you can't just own it. You're nice slow. anxious drawl. <laughs> like I'll take my time getting there, but I'm going to be fussing about the whole way. <laughs> it's nice going to be a mess. Drawl through life anxiously. Anyway, I, she spends the first. Uh, it's a nostalgic book. It's seven idyllic. pages of this book talking about. Spring. It's a fascinating cookbook too, right? It is grounded in recipes, but it's the stories that of the ingredients them, and then and then as as you yeah around the yeah. around the around the making of the meal. Um, why don't you tell us about? Or here, I'll do it. Are Wait, you? You want to tell, tell us you about one thing real quick? I got two important points that I'd like to bring up. One of my favorite recipes in here. It's on page twenty-six. Dandelion blossom wine. Oh, is this actual like the dandelions we have in our yard? Yeah. Oh, they've been compromised. The nutrients have degraded. It's no longer Well, I'm sure they're not as good. But listen to this. They're not as good. This makes me want to make dandelion wine. Very early in spring when new grass... That's a question for seed Jesus. That's a direct question for seed Jesus. If I were to pull dandelions in my front yard, can I make dandelion wine as potent, powerful, and resonant as the dandelion wine of Edna Lewis's Freetown days? Well, you've just offended Danielle Faye because she's the one you should ask about that. I would like to ask Danielle Faye. Yeah. I would like both opinions. She's a four. She's a she's a weed expert. Yeah, she's always, she turned me on to nettle infusion. Oh yeah, backyard weed harvesting, right? Yeah, uh, you guys are wild crafters in the lambs quarter. Grows wild in my yard. I put it in salads. Lambs quarter is that lambs? No it's tail. Not, lamb. Lamb's it's not foot? lambs tongue. Lambs tongue. It's lambs quarter. It's like a, a darker green, wide leaf and you said something what was it you put it in your what salad got it i make salads with it the salads in here were delightful huh yeah the salad dressing all kinds of greens that they knew exactly what they were they'd only appear at this point in time everybody looked forward to that because it was about to go away and then jesus and now they're lost to a history very early in spring when the when new grass hatch cast book club i'm listening 
You just love interrupting. You cannot control your fucking self. I'm here. Very early in the spring. Why don't you stay back there? When new green grass blanketed the countryside, suddenly it would be dotted over with golden blossoms of the dandelion plants. The neighbors would be seen out early in the morning before breakfast picking the golden blossoms. For winemaking, the blossoms must be picked before noon. At midday, they close up tight. So that's not only like seasonal picking information, that's time of day picking information. That's day parting. That's fucking harmony. That's understanding every aspect of your environment. That's OG day parting for all you Silicon Valley defeats. Uh, because of the early emergence of the dandelion blossoms, they were considered good tonic when made into wine. Mm-hmm. It was taken at breakfast. That's when you start drinking wine at fucking breakfast <laughs> because it's farm life, baby. Take the edge off a little bit. I like it. And served to visiting friends in brandy glasses. We called it wine, but it was more like a liqueur and tasted a bit like clear dram booey. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone around made dandelion wine and exchanged wine as well as the views on it. Some added a piece of orange rind, but most used only the blossoms. Oranges were not that available in spring. Now, I have a question here from the audience, our fellow book club members. They want to talk about the coffee section. That's a great transition from the dandelion wine into the coffee. All right. I do want to make dandelion wine. So, Let's do it. Defe. Can you recommend a good spot where Mark and I can go forage for dandelions before noon? Mm. I bet you can. Why can't you meet us there? In a city, what you have to worry about. We'll take photos. Well, yeah, meet us there. But in a city, what you have to watch out for. We all have to wear white. All white. Is that you don't want dog piss all over it. (laughs) Just just to beware. No pesticides, no dog piss. Oh, my God. Look at this. How much of this do you want me to read? It's so good. I don't know. Um... Okay, coffee, or java, as we called it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? The morning was incomplete. But the thing about dandelion wine, <laughs> you see how it feels? You like that? You want to start again? You think you're going to start? We're, different, we're different types of podcasters, man. You're more of a, I've got it at hand, I'm ready to go with it. I'm a responder. You're a spaz. <laughs> Something comes up and I, I, that kicks it. That triggers it. All right. Java. Morning was incomplete without that cup of well-boiled coffee. Hold on, I got... You are a different kind of podcaster. An unprofessional one. You got food in your mouth. Overnight oats. And you're Mm. interrupting your co-host. I don't want to get weak halfway through. Morning was incomplete without that cup of well-boiled coffee with cream from overnight milk. I just said (laughs) overnight... Somebody knows how to do some overnight cooking. Booyah. Me, Edna, South, overnight. Oh, I see. You're glorifying your sourdough starter. Which was stirred in to make a mocha-colored kind of coffee. Oh, what a word. Syllabub. It's a great word. I don't even know what the hell it is. (laughs) Look that up. The froth on the coffee was quickly chased around the cup with a spoon and spooned into the mouth before it vanished. It was said that this froth signified unexpected money coming to the one who drank the coffee. You know who loves froth? Just the tip. No, my mom, she likes froth on her coffee. Oh. She got different. She got a really nice frother. Yeah, you were. That was very inappropriate. It's my mom. Watch it. I didn't know where you were going. Apologies. I like froth too. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Coffee went well with hot breads, butter, and meats with gravies. Coffee also separated people by age. As I said, we children weren't allowed to drink it, and aged 
aunts, uncles, and grandparents never drank coffee from a cup. That was a waste of time. Every, I'm going to go with aged, person in Freetown drank their coffee from a bowl. I love it. <laughs> from a bowl. Book that, Club, 2016. That reminds me All of... All cooks arrived at making good coffee from different methods. Some added salt. Would uh, you what? tone it down what? or lean back? Some added salt, some eggshells, others whites or only yolks. What? And all were divine. Is this pre-bulletproof? It is. That's a cholesterol-boosting coffee. You, you, we'll talk, okay. On any sunny morning, you would see everyone's coffee pot hanging out of the garden fence post, airing out after the morning's coffee. Uh! So they were not a feat about coffee. Then she goes to talk about, like, you can get some good, good, good coffee in cans, like Eubin Brown Gold and Martinson's in the blue can for drip. But they knew, but they cherished the way they made it. And they drank it out of bowls, like gods. Do you remember back in the early days of New Age Dad, we would, uh, in my kitchen, prepare Turkish coffee before our recording sessions? I, I, please, please refresh my memory. You don't remember that? I will. We'd make a Not co- yet. I'd, make a, I'd take a coarse grind of coffee, and I'd put it in a pot with like a bunch of cardamom seeds and cloves, just whatever the hell we could find in my spice cabinet that was kind of robust and... You know, pungent. And yeah, we'd simmer it for like oh, twenty minutes, that. and I then we'd that. strain it, and we'd we'd each drink a huge cup, and then we'd be absolutely <laughs> wired, like and ready to write. Having to music. having to run from the mic to go take dumps. That was you. It was a mess. That didn't happen. Not once. Coffee for me. makes you poop, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> Some people different responses. You know. Yeah, there's a uni- There's a universal Snow- response to Snowflake coffee. Snowflake and stardust. And the. I have one last point to make. We'll, 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 now that you're hooked, we'll continue with chapter two next week. Oh, because I'm done talking? Because there's something in there oh. that I'm surprised you didn't bring up with your little... Oh, what? what? I'm making overnight milk. Well, I got one last one. You want to... I'll finish this, then go yeah, back to you. You finish, you finish. This is why this gets to the fundamental tension between us. Well, this is what you've been waiting for. This is the you've one. You've been so excited about dropping this. A late spring dinner. Mm. <laughs> Sounds divisive. Sitting down to a meal with the first chicken of the season was always a pleasure. It was also the day we removed our shoes for the season, the weather being sufficiently warm, with a feeling of freedom and an awareness of the fullness of spring and a delicious meal inside us. Toes. Let them breathe. Don't be ashamed. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm actually fine with barefootedness. It's this sissified flip-flop crap. That drives me nuts. You don't have farm tough feet. You shouldn't. You should just wear shoes. I'm not on a farm. I'm in the city. I know you're in the city, and one of these days you're gonna mangle a toe. <laughs> that's why you don't. That's why. Have you seen Die Hard? Yeah. Shoot the glass. Remember, like he's barefoot and he's so vulnerable. That was like the one of the Interesting. most. Interesting. This would be a great fodder for you with um, I don't know. I just think some sort of uh, in the history of action movies, that was one of the smartest the scenes. vulnerability of the feet. You're the smartest about scenes the vulnerable ever. Feet, because like it's you see him get all beat to shit. My feet are and tough. Shot at and cut up, and it it doesn't affect you in the same way as like when you realize he has no shoes, and now he has to walk across a sea of glass while being <laughs> shot at, and then he's on the phone pulling glass out of his foot. It doesn't affect you that way. Me grew grew up on a southern farm. You grew up on no such fucking farm. Plainfield, Georgia? Eastman, Georgia. You know what I want to make? Sugar toast. You know how we made breakfast? Sugar Wonder toast. bread, butter, sugar. 
Real Edna Lewis of you, dude. Not quite, but it was... We used to break the eggs into a jar, add the water, cover it, and shake well. They put water. Nine eggs, four tablespoons cold water. I did see that. You're talking about as opposed to milk or cream? Yeah. yeah. And instead of whisking it, you shake it up in a mason jar. What? What? Love it. Let's do that. And this whole steam... Did you read the steamed whole hominy recipe? I read everything. Yeah. They have to basically make like a lye wash. I mean, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. For real. What, what, one of the things I take away from this is I think it comes easy to them because there's a tradition of, there's a knowledge base that goes from generation to generation and they know how to do this and they build upon it. And you might adapt. call it affection, Mark. What? Okay. Weird. No, it's, uh, you have to, the, the cycle of fertility and the cycle of culture. There's one part where she talks about making a sponge bread, and but she, it seems so hard, like to come to come into this cold without any of this sort of base of knowledge. Like what? Yeah, you make a lie to you die, die what? You, you would die. You would die. It's too hard. Yeah, no, this is knowledge passed down for generations. We've we've and we've, uh, yeah, we've secrets that we've cast we aside. Lost it, man, we lost it for the and, sake and, of convenience. That's that did ruining not happen our lives. on my watch. I was a child. That did not happen on my watch. I did not lose that knowledge. And Who doesn't lose knowledge? And those foodways did not get. <laughs> I do not accept that. What do you mean? You just want to eat Wonder Bread with sugar and butter on it. I was a kid. Come on. Hey, own it, man. I'm just saying, if you wanted to regain. You can't go back and live this life. Well, you could. How? Once the... Uh, I would do it. Nobody's going to come with me. Once <laughs> I'll the, be divorced, see my kids on weekends when I come down to the city. I think Jenny would be happy to leave this world behind for a while. No, not this yet. madness. She wants a little more of the madness. Would you leave the madness? Let's do it. Let's both go buy 30 acres somewhere. We'll just podcast all day. Yeah. Every day after the farm work. That'd be better than what might be You'll coming down the You'll have on your hike. big boots. I'll have on my bare feet. It'd be nice. No, I, I don't know. We'll call our farm? Natch Stardust? Farm? The natch, <laughs> no, the Natch Ranch. Oh, the Natch Ranch. Stardust oh. and Snowflakes Natch Ranch. <laughs> That's great. Welcomed with open arms into the uh, farming community of northern Colorado. Ranch land. So my last point to you was that she has a different word for starter. It's called sponge. Is that right? Maybe. Oh, I read every single episode. I did, but I don't know. Sponge is typically, typically just means cake. Listen to this. Yeast rolls from sponge batter. I think you're misreading that. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think so. Look at this. Uh, sponge is a cake in, in uh, Britain. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Add sugar, uh, yeast, and flour to the glass jar. Stir yeast. It's got yeast. It I doesn't know, need but, a starter. But Okay, but still. listen. Stir the mixture lightly. Then turn down a teacup over the mouth of, uh, mouth of the jar, set overnight in a warm spot to, quote, work. That's what you do. It's with an overnight starter, man. Wrong. And you know what? People add, in some of the recipes you gave me, people do add yeast to their starters. Oh. So, Mr. Purist, this is a similar thing. It's having a live, active, bubbling. Well, they put yeast in it, and then they let it rise. Yeah, so what? It's That's a what sponge. you do with any it's bread. It's a starter. It's alive. You could, you, could keep that, you could keep that sponge going, is my point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you great point. Soak your oats in it, you dick. <laughs> uh, so next week, 
Next week, Mark's join along. Mark's going to finish reading spring, and then read we'll, spring. Uh, we'll read summer. Summer, chapter two. We'll have a dandelion wine update. Listen and to this. No. I'm just going to give him a taste of, of summer. The busy season of harvesting and canning brought many delights at mealtime. Canning? What are those delights? You'll have to wait and see. Episode uh, 69. We'll, have, we'll bring you a summer. But right now, 4G. Greg Zeg. Greg's Eggs. It's stuff you probably already know, but needed some goofball to remind you. Ack, ack, Josh, Mark, greetings, my fave, Natch.is humanoids. There's this weird thing called the backpack full of wrong, and it's got not one WTF thing to do with hiking or the outdoor industry. A backpack full of wrong is something you can wear nonstop, especially when you're at a gig or in a life situation you've just about had enough of. And no matter what you put in it, or how you adjust it, or what it weighs, it just never seems to be right. Not right to your mothership, or your board of directors, or your boss, or your significant other. And all this external wrongness eventually make it so it never seems right to you either. Hence, the backpack full of wrong, it's stuck on you. Angstorama, your master isn't happy you've been there too long and you know exactly what's wrong, you just can't change it. And alas, you are still there. You have not yet reached your threshold, so you haven't taken that damn backpack off. It's weighing, wearing, and slowing you down. Confession, I've worn one before. Interstellar irony, you're afraid to take it off because once you've worn it that long, it grows into you. It becomes part of you. Your backpack straps are like the sofa a 900-pound humanoid has been trapped on for two years. The lovely Herculon Olefin scotch-guarded floral-printed piece of shit fabric weave is now part of their skin. Your backpack straps are the same. It's more than a mind meld, baby. It's a skin meld. And here it is. The reason we don't take the damn thing off is because we think it's going to kill us. Slice it off and it's guaranteed your blood, your guts, scarring could put us into ouchie wow wow shock. I'm not sure how to end this story. Maybe just to say WTF it. Take that backpack off today even if some brain salad surgery is needed to shed it. Doubt it's going to kill you. It'll only make you lighter and freer. Ack, ack. Jeez. Man. Visceral. Brain salad surgery. Blood, guts. Backpack. You know what? Hey, thanks, Greg. Big time. Always and forever. That one was affecting. Peace. Like, it made me a little uncomfortable as I was listening to it, because I think I realized. it was more real for him. He was getting into it. Well, I was like. I was feeling uncomfortable. I was like, wait a minute. I'm feeling uncomfortable because I've worn the backpack of wrong, too. I might even have, like, I think I might have a fanny pack of wrong on right now. Oh. It's like when you step into a new role. Sometimes you step into things. I think if you're going to have some sort of pack of wrong, it should be a fanny pack. Yeah, like one of those little coin packs that a runner wears that Velcro's around his arm. No, nope, I think the fanny there. pack is you. The fanny pack of wrong. Um, that could be a good show title. It could be. Now listen, 
you were thinking that. I was thinking, I've been meaning to get a new backpack and have that be my work carry-all. Mm-hmm. Forget these grown-up, like, over-the-shoulder little satchel bags. And stuff. Ah, look at that old-school backpack. Yeah, I've got both. Got, you, really? Got two over-the-shoulder messenger-style bags and one backpack. Well, that seems excessive, but, you know, each to their own. I would think just one solid backpack. I had a boss at New Hope. Patrick Ray wore a backpack. You know who else wore a backpack? Josh Lyman on the West Wing backpack. Wow. So you're modeling your, your bag choices on? Yep. How about you? Well, yeah, because you don't even have a, any sort of pack, do you? I, do you have an over-the-shoulder bag? You always just bring like yeah. a handful of shit over here every day. <laughs> You've got your computer and some sort of neoprene cozy. It's, it's great. And then you got a bowl, this is the best of, thing ever. a bowl of oatmeal perched on top of that and like your keys and your headphones and your cell phone and your wallet all sitting on top of that. Yeah. And if I like, open the door and it closes too quickly and catches you, you're like, whoa, and you almost drop it all. So yeah, I think that's a backpack we, would be a smart move, Mark. That's how we do it in the South. It's time for our food poison update. I don't like this. What? Food poisoning. I know. Where's the sound cue? Uh, I, I don't know what happened to that sound cue. Is this what? the Marler food blog one? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, it was that one that was like Bowie hacking up. He was like... <laughs> So there, so there it not is. Worth it sounds like this. Not worth getting. I can't find it. I didn't save it as its own little file. It's buried in some episode. There's the full ass, and then there's the half ass. Which one are you? I don't know. Who's the one who was fucking cleaning oatmeal out of his teeth through the whole book club? Remember that Denver? No one likes hearing that shit. Hankering for pho? Did we talk about that? Fuck yeah, we did. Yeah. Big, big, uh, stupid Google food trend. Mm-hmm. Denver's into pho. Well, yikes. This comes to us from KDVR. That's one of the local networks. Which one? I don't know which one. Local news. We're bringing it to you. Yep. We go deep. 14-year-old Noah Thompson has spent the entire month of June where? In the ICU at Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. I don't like this. This has been a real struggle for us as a family, said Mark with a C. Thompson, Noah's father. That struggle began when Mark Thompson took his family to eat at Pho 75 on May 24th. You been there? Nope. I've seen it. That's not the one we went to, is it? I hope not. We'd know by now. We'd know by now, yeah. Within hours, he and his wife felt stomach pain and had digestive problems, but a few days later, Noah experienced much more severe symptoms. Quote, they immediately admitted him into the emergency room as he was going into kidney failure. He had severe pancreatitis. Colorado Department of Health and Environment tells the problem solvers that they are investigating an outbreak of E. coli strain 0157 at Fuzz 75. Horrifying. And the story continues. There's a history of violations at this particular establishment. Can you come back from that? Is that kid going to be all right? Yeah, he'll be fine. You think so? Don't know. That sounds hardcore. That <clears throat> shit's real. You it go is. in, you get some soup, you come out, because you're not farming it yourself. Yeah. You can't control that food supply. Not that growing, chain is... Not growing your own lemongrass. Depersonalized, decentralized. Not harvesting your own beef tendon. Now to the Marla Food blog. It's going to get better. Yeah, more fun. What do we got here? We got... That's a dog. Campylobacter. So Lana Health Department reports that a Mexican restaurant in Fairfield, California, has been closed since Wednesday. That's a while ago. While an investigation continues into 32 confirmed cases of Campylobacter infection. Alejandro's Taqueria on Tex- Tejas Street. 
remains shut down until revised operations meet with approval from county health officials. I think that number has since grown. Campylobacter. That's a kind Sounds of Sounds bad. I, two campy lobacters credit though. It's a nice summertime illness because campy. It's got campy in there. Reminds you of summer camp. Okay. Lobacter makes Silver me think lining. of lower back pain though. So. Low what? Lobacter. The second half oh. of the word. Dude, I wasn't thinking of low. Oh, it does hurt. Ooh. What is what <laughs> what is campy lobacter? What happens when you get campy lobacter? I don't know. It doesn't sound good. Oh, the kingmaker doesn't know about a foodborne illness, huh? I don't know my specific. Slipping kingmaker. You know what? I think maybe Richie Robbins was right. I'm going to go universally with stomach ache, gastritis, diarrhea, vomitus. A little kidney failure. A little, little fever. And then from there, oh, could go any number of ways. You could be paralyzed from the left eyeball down. Like locked in syndrome? What the hell is wrong with you? Also from the Spreading Marler food blog. Kind of fear. The, why are we not terrified? I don't I kind of am. The food system, man. Salmonella, Ector County, Texas. Oh, back to, no, that was Tejas Street, California. Mm. Now we're in Texas. Health Department announced the total number of people who have lab-confirmed cases of salmonella has increased by one, bringing the total number to three. There are also 24 probable cases. Oh, this is the restaurant where it's grown. There's a lot more. The restaurant where the people got the illness was... Ahuas. Ahuas. Ahua. It's like my nickname. Mexican restaurant. So you can't go Vietnamese, you can't go Mexican, can't do it in California or Texas. Wait, so you're, you're making it a racial thing? That's smart. E. coli redux. This is our third. The CDC reports that 38 people infected. This is just in the last week or two, you know. We're bringing you the news. Infected with the, the news out- that terrifies. The outbreak strain. Of, people need to know this. I suppose they do. The outbreak strain of E. coli 0121 and reported from 10 ill people. What? This is... I oh, screwed this up. What does this say? Ten, something. Ten ill people have been hospitalized. In its investigation, CDC learned that some... Oh, this makes no sense. What are, oh, this is it. Okay. Uh, learned that some people who got sick had eaten or handled raw dough. Hmm. That's never a good idea. It's F- an egg-based dough. I handle raw dough all the time, and I'm fine. Because I'm making my own food and feeding myself with it in my bare feet. Where are you getting those chickens? Bare feet. Those eggs. It's all about the bare feet. Yeah. Let your toes breathe. Summertime. FDA's traceback investigation determined that the raw dough eaten or handled by ill people or used in restaurant locations was made using General Mills flour. As Ooh, big so as it, wasn't it gets. even the egg. I, I was thinking that maybe there was a bad egg. Nope. In the dough. It was produced in the same week in November 2015 at the General Mills facility in Kansas City, Missouri. Lordy. Flour has a long shelf life. Bags of flour may be kept in people's homes for a long time. Recalled products are sold under three brand names. Gold Metal Flour. Ever heard of that one? Yep. I don't have any of that. Signature Kitchens Flour. Don't have any of that. Gold Metal Wondra Flour. None of that? Yeah, but... I buy King Arthur Flour. King Arthur's got my back. I'm a knight of the round. I buy a lot of Bob's Red Mill these days. I like Bob. The recalled products were sold nationwide and include unbleached, all-purpose, and self-rising flour variety. I mean, that's all of them. That's one of the biggest names in flour, the biggest company. Don't worry about it. A little E. coli in there if you want to use it. What about the Nature's Way recall? That didn't make it on here. Nope. They recalled a bunch of multivitamins, including a B12 complex that uh, we yep. had in our in our cupboard. Ooh. But not we weren't from the affected I lot. I wouldn't buy Nature's. I don't buy it. Okay. But it wasn't that 
they were that they knew the lot was contaminated. They just hadn't run the proper tests. So right, could have been fine. Probably fine. Nature's way, solid product. <laughs> Incorrect. I don't Wait, know. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! What's wrong with nature's way? It's all right. What's your vitamin go-to, Kingmaker? Uh, none. Oh yeah, that's right. I'll, there are certain ones I'll do. I don't those little packaged vitamins, compounded, put everything together into a multi or whatever. Yeah, you uh, like taking uh, the isogenics uh, vitamins. I did not like that. I like the mouthfeel on that. All right, I got one more, and this one does have a sound cue because it's a super bug update. This is an old, old sound cue. Our friend Chuck Abbott. Mission Control, this is Chuck Abbott. You know, before we get to that Chuck Abbott story, real quick, since we're in the in the uh, the uh, part of the show where we scare people with horrifying news. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop back to Edna. Hop back to the Java chapter of uh, Edna Lewis's cookbook. Listen to this: making drip coffee. Bring to a furious boil and pour onto the moistened grounds all at once. The problem with drip coffee is one of serving it piping hot. It changes the flavor to reheat it, but it can be kept it with kept hot with success by holding it in a good silver blah blah blah. Another another story came out this week that might have flown just underneath the Kingmaker's radar. They now think that piping hot beverages are carcinogens. What? Are carcinogens. <laughs> what? Yep, because it, it causes repeated like damage to your esophagus, and then you, you're prone to getting cancer. <laughs> it has to do with the temperature, though. You just, if you drink, if you like, uh, we're having a hot beverage right now, but I, uh, I let mine cool it. before I start <laughs> sipping it. You don't want to be drinking that scalding hot beverage. That's weird. Life's weird, bro. It's, well, I'm not sure that's technically a carcinogen. Uh, if it causes cancer, I believe it is. Yeah, but a it's not. Well, maybe it's just the hot beverage damages the, the tissue in your esophagus, and you heard it here first. Well, you heard it first. I think. Well, on that's CNN. what I've got then. Are you a, are you a piping hot beverage guy? Mate, I don't know. I like a warm, like a. Medium. I see. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Well, if it's too hot, it, isn't that kind of a common sense? Well, if yeah. it's too hot to drink, hey, we're 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 like like Bagney said, we're the we're the. No, I don't buy that. We're the all. upholstery on the couch now. Where, we hardly get that. Where'd you hear that? It was on CNN, I believe. Natural Health Solutions. No, it was hourly. like a, a full-on national news report. Health Ranger. It's just something new to be scared about, as if the world's not uh, horrifying enough right now. I'm not scared about that. I'm scared about this. Now, here's a problem. I'm gonna, well, yeah, I'll go ahead and set this up. I haven't paid for Chuck Abbott, and they've kind of paywalled it, so they give you a little teaser, but it cuts off in the middle, and I don't know where the rest of the story goes. So... Come on, Chuck Abbott, hook a, hook a brother up. Enjoy this. Big support. Oh, we should ask the fern. Be like, hey, we're covering Chuck Abbott all the time on this podcast. Just give us a free compass yeah. subscription. Come on. USDA you- finds second pig sample with superbug gene. Remember that superbug that that lady pissed out? UTI superbug, Pennsylvania. Peed in a cup. I think it was Wisconsin. Pretty sure it was Pennsylvania. Peed did, in a cup. Did you first say Wisconsin and then we realized Pretty sure that's what happens. Government scientists found the MCR1 gene. Now we know, right? What was the name of that antibiotic that was the last resort? Colistin. Colistin. Now we don't want Col- it. Callista Flockhart. Callista Flockhart. It's an easy way to remember it. Can do nothing with MCR1. Nope. Which allows bacteria to overcome the last resort antibiotics used against disease in humans. And they found this in a sample, in a sample taken from a different pig than the first U.S. discovery, said a CDC official. Dude, the, it's right here. It says the, the, initial, the same day's discovery of a Pennsylvania woman with it. Oh, yeah. The initial <laughs> case reported on the same day as discovery of a Pennsylvania woman with an infection that carried dot, dot, dot. I think she was from Wisconsin, actually. But Super you almost got still it around. And they got it. They got two pigs now. Jesus Christ. That's bad news. The good, that is, the good that news is, is pure bag news. You that know is what? 4G. He's up at night. 
No, but he called it. He called. I know. That's specifically what he told us. That's not going to save his ass. He's a vegan. Just because he called it. That could help. That's. No. I guess that's the question. So I'll this basically means you're just screwed. It's not that you get it by eating the meat. It's that the bug like festers and yeah, just spreads. Comes from there, but then it infects fucks everyone. The food supply infects the people. Then you can't get a paper cut without dying. Natchcast sixty-eight. Text the sound hawk three zero three five four eight six eight seven seven. You could use rosemary. Didn't, didn't that kill a lot of bacteria? Yeah. Like a rosemary oil? Tell you what, that's Cheer us soap. up, man. Cheer us up. Uh, so monsoons. Those are fun, right? Monsoon <laughs> rains. Crucially important source of moisture. A source? For people all over the world, including oh, India. Well, you get stumbling around. Get back on, get back on your game. Yeah, you didn't even, yeah. Nice try, Mr. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. This supercomputer is all wet. Oh. Beating the gods. India will spend $60 million on a, superconduct, a supercomputer to predict the monsoon by Madhutra Karnik and Manu Balachadran nice. of QuartzQZ.com. Handsome site. Love reading articles on that site. Woo. So millions of lives, right? 119 million in the farming sector alone are dependent on monsoon rains. 119 million. That is roughly half the population of the entire United States. Over the past two years, India has seen two consecutive droughts taking a heavy toll on agriculture, which is about 16% of their GDP. 16% of their GDP. 119 million people. Drought. The computer will generate three-dimensional models to help predict how the monsoon is likely to develop. SketchUp. Predictions by both India's public forecaster, the India Meteorological Department, and its sole private counterpart, SkyMet, which is kind of creepily close to Skynet for this whole supercomputer talk. You know what I'm saying? Terminator, hello? You you don't even care about sci-fi, do you? Do you know what Skynet is? Total Recall? Terminator, Skynet becomes oh. self-aware and annihilates humankind. Come on, bro. Anyway... Yeah, some fireworks or something. Not a lot of confidence. What is that? I don't know, Soundhawk. It's life. You better write that down. Eh, I'm like, no, you've had your cues already. Why are you so... Your cues I'm stashed cheap, with the cues. You're cheaping, cheaping out of the... Go ahead. You overdo it. Damn it people I don't want to hear the cue anymore. Q Stumbling cheap. all over that intro, bro. No, I'm, I was trying to say cue cheap. It was too hard. Cue cheap. Pretty easy. If everything goes well, by 2017, we'll make this dynamic model operational by replacing the statistical model, M. Rajivan, India's Earth Science Secretary, told Reuters. In the last one decade, I guess you could probably just say in the last decade, <laughs> we've gained a greater degree of precision in forecasting rains, but monsoon still remains a very complex weather system, which only God has the ability to understand fully. So even they're so, admitting that all their statistical <laughs> whiz-bang... Is for not. Don't you think that if they get the supercomputer right and figure it out and they'll predict it well for about one or two monsoons and then the monsoon god will go. Nice try. Good good job. Here pull comes a, a monsoon twist. I'm going to pull a 180 on your ass. It's, it's likely to happen. What does that monsoon god look like? Like Jared Leto shirtless in a fanny pack. All right, the supercomputer. No, all we're going to do here is make a computer smart enough to outsmart us on the weather and then not be able to use it because it takes over sounds like some pr bullshit to me really for the 60 million dollars on a supercomputer 
to create create 3D models. You really need sixty million dollars. It's a drop in the piggy bank of. I know. I'm I'm betting that IBM Watson. There's probably some dude in a bay in his mom's basement in India. That's right. I like three hundred dollars worth of computer equipment that could probably figure it out. Lean startup. Let's let's hack it. Agile, bra. Pivot. Let's hack it. Pivot on this. Let's accelerate it, and then let's lean startup it. Yeah. And then let's get funded by a Silicon Valley billionaire who's put main media properties in New York out of business. Yep, there you go. Did we incubate? I forgot to incubate. Shit. Shit. You start it, then you incubate it, then you incubate it. It's like a sponge or a starter. Then you accelerate it. Yeah, and then you soak your oats in it overnight. That's right. All right, what do you got for us next, Mark? Ooh, I got another. This is another dude. It's, uh, It's tough. Another uplifting well, media discovery very, by Mark Brush. We've gotten very technological with this episode. Interesting approach. We're ruled by technology. Why are you blowing on the mic? There was one of my mustache hairs was sticking out of one of the little meshy parts. That's, that could hurt. Put an eye out. Ancient. Could, it could cause vibrations that would send the sound hawk into a flurry of paranoid activity. It'd be like having Fluttering. a bat trapped in the room. <laughs> Tryptophan synthase likes it hot, sloppy. Wet, like that Mr. Monsoon. Too. Totally. Ancient enzyme resurrected from the ancestor of all bacteria. Dun, 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 dun. Connor Gearin, new scientist. The ancestor of all bacteria. I love it. We've got this brand new bacteria. MCR1, right? Yeah. About to kill us all. We're gonna, you know how we're going to survive? We're With gonna the, find an- the ancient bacteria. The ancient bacteria. We're going to create a new antibiotic off the DNA of the ancient bacteria. The bacteria wars are coming. Yeah, they are. Actually, you know what, though? I mean, you mentioned a couple episodes ago that part of the problem is that drug companies aren't incentivized to produce yep. new antibiotics. Yep. Pretty sure they're going to have an incentive pretty soon. So we'll be fine. It's going to be good. We can outrun this one, too. Just well, don't give it to the goddamn pigs anymore. But we might lose a big chunk of people <laughs> before they get there. Okay. Um, the ancestor... I like your style, though. You let the free market do its job. Good. The ancestor of all bacteria may have had sophisticated enzymes 3.4 billion years ago, just 600 million years after the origin of life on Earth. What? Four, so we're 4 billion years old. Life on Earth, 4 billion? Well, humans aren't 4 billion years old. Oh, thanks. Yeah, just life on Earth. How old are we? So bacteria came along after some little ocean cell, right? Hold on. Modern enzymes fit the molecules they react with like a lock to a key. They normally only work for one reaction, but they perform that job very well. In contrast, the earliest enzymes were sloppy, says Michael Harms of the University of Oregon. They didn't have a lock and key relationship with their molecules. Instead, they had pockets in their structures that could grab a wide range of chemicals and control a number of reactions but managed none of them very well. So this is, this is actually a 21st century style enzyme right here. Just kind of like half-assing it, thinking it's multitasking. What is really, this? Really, it's just flailing. This old enzyme. This sloppy old enzyme. Oh, I got it. I it's actually well-suited for modern life. No. Well. Because that's how we are now. We're kind of sloppy and piecemeal. And we, no. think, we think we're like, I'm firing all cylinders. Woo! It's like, no, you're actually taking shits everywhere and stepping in it. You just don't realize right now. I was going to go You'll the other smell, way. You'll realize it seconds before the superbug claims your pitiful life. It's I was horrible. Gonna, I was going to go the other way, that we've, we've all become very specialized in our knowledge and professions, 
we think we have. And how we connect with the world when a much better approach is sort of that just, I know how life works and I know how to live it. I'm not afraid of like everything that's outside of this little narrow window for which I feel equipped. That was something, Mark. Too bad that mic screwed onto the stand or you could drop it. Two mysteries remain. Exactly when the first specialized enzymes arose. So what's this saying? That we were set up to be a little bit sloppy. It's to in be the a little DNA. flexible, a little resilient. We could handle different stuff. We're a little dirty. Like you dial in on one specific thing and like, hmm. It says we're not robots, man. We're not machine. Exactly when the first specialized enzymes arose is the, one of the two mysteries. The other one is what kind of environments hosted those life forms that first evolved this cellular sophistication? Oh, I don't like that word, sophistication. It's not sophisticated. It's specialized. Doesn't mean it's sophisticated. When treated with heat, the reconstructed bacterial enzyme managed to keep its structure until about 70 degrees Celsius. Shit. I thought that was Fahrenheit. What is 70 degrees Celsius? Hotter? It's way hotter. Way hotter. Way hot. Yeah. This suggests it was probably part of a microbe that lived in scalding hot water. Carcinogen. Na- no. Serpent. <laughs> Serpent. Matthew Grusin at uh, MIT said Grusin. that. You can infer with strong confidence that the organism lived in a hot environment, he says. This confirms other scientists' hypotheses about the first bacteria living in hot water. Fascinating stuff. You got nothing. I've got from things living in hot water to things living in ice, bro. Oh, go ahead. Tons of fun. That's T-U-N. Yeah, what is it? What's a ton? I'll tell you. Okay. Because water bear don't care. Watch these tardigrades wake up after being frozen for 30 years by Brian Resnick Vox. So back in 1983, some Japanese scientists were... Moss Piglet. Water bear. There we go. Tardigrade. Tardigrade. So back in 1983, some Japanese scientists tramping around Antarctica... Huh? Found some moss locked away in ice. Why are you doing that? I don't know. So then they took it. And uh, they found some water bears in it that were frozen. But then for some reason, they locked it in a freezer for like 20 years. So we've known about the water bears for that long? Since 1983? Yeah. I think we've known about water bears way longer than that. Okay, just me. They're visible to the naked eye, which... What? I wonder if there's two classes of water bears. I thought they were super tiny. That's what I thought. I thought they were like atom-sized or something. But this is it's a millimeter long. Oh. My, my whole conception of tardigrades is on shaky ground right now. I think of everything in eight-inch increments. I'll bet you do. That's how long your balls are, you old fucker. <laughs> so finally, recently, they thawed out these uh, tar- tardigrades, and after a couple of weeks in warm weather, they woke up. There was even a frozen tardigrade egg that hatched. Holy crap. There was a pregnant tardigrade with three eggs inside of her. She laid eggs, Dude. laid them, and they hatched. Whoa. So listen to this. So we've, got it, we've figured the whole fucking thing out now. The, uh, the Callistin doesn't work. MCR1 kills us all uh, because we don't have, we got these specialized enzymes that can't adapt, but that's okay because then all the tardigrades wake up. Yep. And maybe we need to start drinking these it's sloppy just, enzymes just to encourage a bit of sloppiness in our systems. I see. That's so we can where I accidentally would, kill, the, kill this the bacteria. That's where I thought you'd go. Yeah. We just needed to lace these two stories together, Mark. I'm with you. It's going right here, but listen to this tardigrade world. We're just living in it. Well, that's what's happening. Because look, when frozen, the animals tuck their legs. They, the hell? 
Somebody yelling at us? <laughs> Do we have a hammer? Is that what you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming What's from. What's happening? <laughs> I don't. I don't see anybody yelling at oh, us. That was really bizarre. All right. So when frozen, the animals tuck in their legs and expel all moisture from their bodies. In this state, they're called. It's kind of like you. Tons. For a couple cups of coffee. They're called tons. Oh, when they're all desiccated, they're, they're called all dried tons? up and curled in a ball. As tons, the tardigrades produce glycerol, which is like antifreeze, and secrete trehalose, a simple sugar yeah. with remarkable preservation properties. Really? When the trehalose crystallizes, the tardigrade becomes mummified in a glass suit of armor. Whoa. These guys are fucking aliens. It's alien life living on this planet. I think trehalose. Waiting to take over. I think that's like that's a that's an ingredient in our food supply right now. I guess we'll be I want more of it. I want some <laughs> sloppy <laughs> enzyme and some trehalose. That's a functional ingredient you can get behind, huh? That's my supplement. A bunch yeah. of this weird ancient enzyme and Dude, some trehalose. And you an drink old, it with hot water. I think it's an old But not too hot because you don't want to cancer, <laughs> cancer up your throat. Cargill's got a tra- trehalose. There we go. I think it's an alternative sweetener. Hey, is it alternative or is it just sugar? It's a oh, special shit. tardigrade, tardigrade yeah. grade sugar. You need to start looking for your trehalose sugars. Now, is this trehalose tardigrade grade? I only like tardigrade grade trehalose. <laughs> How sloppy. Those enzymes look a little too clean for me. Too sophisticated. I need some sloppy enzymes, please. Sloppy, wet, hot. Like the time that you whispered in your lover's ear that you love NatchCast. Remember that? Mm. Do it again. Episode 68, text the sound hawk. What's that number? 303-548-6877. At Real Natch. Natch.is. Hi, at Natch.is. You just keep going. News. Do, do the news. The, the thing you should do is Food the news. news. Oh, I thought you wanted me to do the food news eventually. eventually. No, the newsletter is really the way to go, people. That's a value add right there because we should make when it you easier get the newsletter, find. yeah, that's a problem. Just you, text me or, or email. Or we could. There's that? somebody in your backyard. It's weird. So, or we could just add, why don't we add a little feature to the homepage, like big and loud, like, hey, our newsletter is the best newsletter there ever was. Because you block? know what's great about our newsletter? Okay. okay. We, don't, we don't waste your time. We no. send you a little image, the show image with some timestamps over it. So yep. you know where the, where the stories start. Yep. And then there's three, three buttons. Big three ass buttons. Big buttons. Listen, subscribe, and then newscast subscribers only get access to the show notes in a curated Google Doc with links and photos and fun behind the scenes action. <laughs> so yeah, that's all. Oh, see you next summer. Thanks for listening. What? So that's a book club reference right there. Oh, see you next. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Chapter two. Jennifer, Juniper lives upon the hill. Jennifer, Juniper sitting very still. Is she sleeping? I don't think so. Is she breathing? Yes, very low What you doing, Jennifer, my love? Jennifer, Juniper Rides a dappled man Jennifer, Juniper Lilacs in her hair Is she dreaming? Yes, I think so 
Is she pretty? Yes, ever so What you doing, Jennifer, my love? I'm thinking of What it would be like if she loved me How just lately This happy song It came along and I like To somehow try to tell you Jennifer Juniper, hair of golden flats Jennifer, Jennifer Longs for what she lacks Do you like her? Yes, I do, sir Would you love her? Yes, I would, sir What you doing, Jennifer, my love? Jennifer, Juniper Jennifer Juniper Jennifer Juniper Jennifer Juniper vit sur la colline Jennifer Juniper assise très tranquille Docteur je ne crois pas respirateur oui mais tu bats Qu'est-ce que tu fais, je n'aime mon amour Je ne veux pas, je ne veux pas, je ne veux pas